country forgive Trump supporters? That's what Joe will start off discussing and answering this question. This article by Jamie Davis Smith caught my attention over the uh, weekend. And let me just share it with you. And again, the title of the article, No, I Will Not Be Reaching Out to Trump Voters Now or Ever. <laughs> and here's why. Um, let me just read a couple of paragraphs here. Sort of like an op-ed piece. And I thought to myself, is, does this individual have a point you know this saturday there were hundreds thousands i should say to be honest thousands of of uh pro-trump supporters that came showed up in washington dc the vast majority of them didn't wear face masks they broke the law they were supposed to quarantine uh, they came from all over the country. It put, it's possible because they didn't wear face, you know, they didn't wear masks, that they could end up being super spreaders. I have, they showed up in, with signs and speeches and then Saturday evening they were gone and and their whole attitude is, you know, Trump should not concede. Um, over the weekend, for you news junkies, you probably saw the 60 Minutes interview uh, with um, former President Barack Obama. Sherry, you made a very interesting observation. Wasn't it refreshing? <laughs> to hear somebody, a former president, speak the way he spoke. I mean, really, when you, when you, when you think about it, I mean... Someone who had command of the English language. And intelligent and clear. <laughs> thoughtful. Thoughtful, you know. Uh, Invoked we, history. We have, to, we have to get together. But it made me think about this opinion piece. So I want to share it. With those of you listening this morning, and thanks for being up with us. And, and the person started this way. When Donald Trump was elected in 2016, like millions of other Americans, I was horrified. <laughs> he had campaigned on a platform of hate, pledging to ban Muslims from entering the United States, and uh, build a a literal wall to keep Latinos out of the country. He stoked anti-Semitism, mocked a disabled reporter, and all this is highlighted so that if you go to the, the you punch on, you, you hit the highlight, you'll see the story. So I'm not making this up. And, and he had a history of misogyny. Then the person go, goes on to say, once Trump actually became president, he called white supremacists, quote, 
very fine people. Lock children in cages. And systematically sought to dismantle the Affordable Care Act. Disregarding the millions of Americans who would be left without access to health care if he was successful. Over the past four years, the individual wrote, I've lived in fear as Trumpism has taken over the country. In counties where Trump held campaign rallies, hate crimes increased. A shocking 226% showing that this rhetoric has real consequences for marginalized groups. Nearly everyone in America who is not a natural-born white Christian heterosexual male is relatively in, in relatively good health has been targeted by the, by the policies of the Trump administration. This person goes on to say, as a Jew, an atheist, a woman, and the mother of a disabled child, I have watched as many communities have been threatened repeatedly the day of the 2020 election was called with Joe Biden projected to be our next president. I danced in the streets as Black Lives Matter at Black Lives Matter Plaza. So this person obviously was here in Washington, D.C., along with thousands of others who finally felt like this long nightmare was coming to an end but almost immediately we began to hear calls to reach out to trump supporters to mend fences <laughs> pop star katie perry encouraged fans to follow her lead now here we go and tell family members I'm pausing for effect because we have family members that supported Trump, right? At least one I know of, who voted for Trump, that they are here for them. Okay? Then there, she talks about a political scientist who encouraged Biden voters. <laughs> now, here's the key. To reach out to Trump supporters to show empathy. <laughs> to reach out to Trump supporters to show empathy. Now, former Senator Rick Santorum, who compared same-sex marriage to bestiality while holding office, I didn't know he did that, well, urged Biden supporters Point number two, to give Trump and his voters space to work through their feelings. And then the writer said, 
These suggestions enraged me. These calls for unity come from a place of privilege. <laughs> and they're coming from mostly straight, white, cisgender, C-I-S, gender, C-I-S gender people who are financially secure. Uh, Joe? Yes. The cisgender just means anybody who is, you know, not, uh, who is their typical gender, male, female. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. Female. Yeah. Not mixed. I got you. Means, right. Yeah. Not transgender, are, not exactly. I got you. All right. And then it says here, now, the, these individuals, they may not have, and this is interesting, they may not have liked some of Trump's policies, but they were not actively harmed by them. They likely never feared for their safety or well-being in Trump's America. Gestures towards reconciliation are also premature. Wow. Given that Trump has yet to concede the election and still has about two months left in office to inflict even more damage. Now, here's the individual suggestion. Do you agree or disagree with this? Before any attempt at unity can't before any attempt at unity can be made there needs to be a reckoning and an acknowledgement that so many of trump's actions have been unconscionable and do not align with societal ideals that claim to value all life Building bridges with people who shares who share Trump's views sends a clear message that you are willing to keep the peace at the expense of the dignity and well-being of those with less power and privilege. My friends. Now, this is what you have to ask yourself, right? My friends and family members who supported Trump had four years to renounce his policies. Mm. Instead, they stood by him. They knew that Trump's policies had a real impact on my life, and they showed me time and time again that they did not care. These calls for understanding ignore the very real fact that Trump has had a tremendous impact on the lives of so many marginalized people. Jews like me were literally slaughtered in their place of worship in my home state of Pennsylvania where a gunman opened fire on the congregation at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. The president 
failed to implement common sense gun control policies while stoking anti-Semitism, claiming that, quote, Jews are only in it for themselves, end of quote. Trump repeatedly questioned whether Jews could be loyal to the United States by telling Jews that Israel is your country, in quotation marks, seemingly unwilling to distinguish American Jews from Israelis. In this climate, it was inevitable that violence would be unleashed against them and that some would lose their lives. I will not forgive and I will not forget. And then the person goes on as an atheist. I have watched in horror as the Trump administration has tried to turn our country, which was founded on the belief that church and state should remain separate into a theocracy. Trump's latest Supreme Court pick, Amy Barrett, is poised to impose her extreme religious views on the rest of us. She has gone so far as to state that Catholic judges are obliged to adhere to their church's teaching on moral matters. Religious views have allowed corporations such as Hobby Lobby to circumvent laws requiring insurance uh, coverage for birth control and discriminate against the LGBTQ community. As the mother of two daughters, I have spent the Trump years fearing that none of us will have the right to control our own reproductive choices if Trump has his way. I have watched as Trump's atrocious handling of the pandemic has forced women out of the workforce in record numbers. He bragged about his celebrity status, allows him to sexually assault women with impunity, and then he lashes out at the 26 women who have accused him of sexual assault. The fact that such a person could rise to the most powerful office in the world has created a dangerous environment for all women. Time and time again, Trump has tried to dismantle the Affordable Care Act. And I know I'm over time, but bear with me. Each time his administration has put my disabled daughter's future at risk. Because she has a, a disabled daughter. Along with the futures of millions of other Americans with pre-existing conditions. My daughter's well-being depends on the ACA and trying to save it 
has consumed much of my life for the past four years. Mm. And she goes on and on about, you know, how she says, even though he has said at least 40 times, and she counts these. I'll get ready to go to a break in a minute. Even though he has said, Trump has said at least 40 times that the coronavirus would disappear, it is instead tearing through the country with a vengeance, claiming the lives of two of my family members and making several of my friends and family very ill. Some Mm. of them have not fully recovered. Mm. And he talks about children, schools. My heart has broken many times over, as I've witnessed other atrocities wrought by Trump, separating children and putting children into camps, separating them from parents. My black friends who had to endure their president making openly racist remarks and advocating violence against Black Lives Matter protesters. So let me go down to, so so it goes, here, now get this, this is the, the bottom line. And then I'll open up the lines. <laughs> Through all of this, My communities have come together in solidarity with one another to fight against Trump's hateful acts. We are are allies to one another, even when not directly under attack. Those who support Trump and those who still do lack the compassion and the basic decency to recognize that every life has value. I have no need, wow, repeat, I have no need for them in my life and no desire to now pretend that I can accept their views, that any of this, any of this was ever okay. Those, and this is the bottom line, Those who support Trump and those who remain neutral in the face of such cruelty enabled him. I will not forget and I certainly will not forgive. Should we forgive? Should we forgive in the sake of unity? 1-866-801-8255. I've never been this long overdue. It's 29 after. We'll make up the time. Let me get your response. 1-866-801-TALK. Wow. Wow. Family, friends, what's your opinion? I'm Madison. Lines are open. 
Folk are standing by to take your call. Right here on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126. We'll be back with more of the best of Madison right here on Sirius XM Urban View. There's no view. There's no view. There's no view. Maybe what we need here is a fresh perspective. Like Urban View. Urban View on Sirius XM Channel 126. I'm Stormy Warren from The Highway. For singers and songwriters chasing their dreams to Music City, taking that Broadway exit to Nashville for the very first time is a moment they will never forget. Country music's biggest star. Kamala Harris will be the next vice president. Uh, I have been troubled, like I think every American, whether you're a Republican or Democrat or Independent, should be troubled when you start having uh, attempts to block, negate, overturn uh, the, the people's vote uh, when there's no actual evidence uh, that there was anything illegal or fraudulent taking place. These are just bald assertions. They've been repeatedly rejected by the courts. Uh, and, and I think I'm, I'm, more, I'm, I'm less surprised by Donald Trump doing this. Uh, you know, he has shown uh, uh, only a a flimsy uh, relationship to the truth. Uh, I, I'm more troubled that you're seeing a lot of Republican officials go along with it, not because they actually believe it, but because uh, they feel intimidated by it. We have not seen any widespread voter fraud. Uh, the president has picked up uh, some votes in a few of the counties that made some uh, clerical errors. That wasn't the machines, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, he started with 14,000. He's about 12,000 now, but we're finishing up. Uh, we're waiting for a few more counties to get back to us, some of the large counties. But I don't believe at the end of the day it'll change the total results. So you still think that Joe Biden, President-elect Biden, will be the winner of Georgia? Yes, I believe that's the way it'll turn out. So the question is, what are the Republican lawmakers, particularly the United United States senators and members of Congress, House of Representatives, and others in the leadership position, what are they afraid of? And the president of the former president, Barack Obama, as you heard in the clip, says that they are being intimidated. Now, let me also add something that's going to happen, I think, today, if I'm not mistaken. Um, President Trump has invited Michigan state legislators, Republican legislators, to the White House. And here's what he is attempting to do. Now, listen to me very carefully. I don't want anybody to panic or get upset by this. But if you live in the state of Michigan right now at uh, what time is it? Two minutes after six here on the East, East Coast, I mean, here on the East Coast, here in Washington, D.C., and in Michigan. Uh, you early birds, appreciate you being with us. But if you're Michigan, I'm going to give you priority to call in. What the president is going to do, he's invited 
Republican Michigan legislators, particularly the leadership, to come to the White House. And let me break it down. What he wants them to do is to ignore the popular vote and, in essence, not, I don't want to use the word certify because the, 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 the votes have been certified, but he wants the legislators to give him the electoral college votes. That's in essence, he has invited Michigan Republican leaders to meet him at the White House to overturn the election results. Now, they, they can't, so, so in essence, the, the, the popular vote is in. And now, for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with how it works, the popular vote goes to the legislative body of a state. And there are a group of people who are, what do they call them, electors? Electors. Electors. The electoral They're, That's right. There's a group of them. And it's basically, it's a very short process. They meet in the Capitol. This would be Lansing. They take, they get the certif certification from the popular vote, which is given by the Secretary of State, and they, in essence, give Michigan, or they give the the president, the winner, the the votes. It, it, that's how it works. It, that's and, how it works. Now and Biden. One Michigan, according to their count, no, no. over 150,000 votes. That's right. It's not close. It's not close. Now, how many, how many votes? Uh, Biden won. Uh, I think it was 157,000. 157,000. So what the president is going to do is say to them, ignore that, and. Give me the electoral votes from Michigan. Now that's what he's. That's what. That's why they're being invited to the White House. Now I got to tell you, people are very upset about this. I was listening to several uh, talk shows yesterday kind of going up and down the dial and people were calling into these shows and they were worried in other words could could this really happen because really all it takes is le the state legislators the republicans in pennsylvania michigan and wisconsin to overturn to just say, okay, we're not... Because, see, they could give the votes to Mickey Mouse. You follow what I'm saying? They can give them to anybody. But, of course, Trump wants them. And that's what... That's why he's holding out. That is why he's holding out. So, so someone yesterday, it was a caller to a show, 
yesterday um, who said, why are they, why are they going? Now, the answer is very simple. When the president calls, you come. That's as simple as that. When the president invites you to the White House, you go. Now, you don't have to, but, but that, that pretty much is it. The question is, is he going to intimidate, is he going to intimidate them? Is he going to bribe them? Uh, intimidate, in other words, threaten them with future elections? So here's what I'll, I'll do. Because I want people around the country to, to, in essence, hear what the people of Michigan think. Now, this would be unprecedented. And if they did that, and it's a big if, all oh, hell would break loose. I, I mean, I'm, it, I, and this is why, I, and be honest with you, callers to these various shows that I was listening to yesterday, people were really worried. They were really worried. So here's the phone number, 1-866-801-8255. You ready? And I'll get to the history, and then I'll give priority to those of you in, in Michigan. Republican, Democrat, Independent. But... Um, that's his strategy. That is his strategy. He, he Trump is losing in in the courts. Now I'm, you know, Giuliani is just making a fool of himself. I know everybody's laughing about the so-called meltdown he had with the. I guess that was like a a, a hair dye touch-up, Sherry. You you know, you tell me. I. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it wasn't a permanent dye. It was like a rinse or something that he put on his hair, like when you wash it or something, just to give you a temporary. And then you start sweating. Well, it went in by water, comes out by water. So, so you start sweating. Sweating, and it came and it running just, down it just like comes tears. running down. It runs down, ran down the side of his head. How embarrassing. And he's dapping his face and because so, he was so, perspiring so profusely. There you go. Yeah. But he was missing the streaks of dye coming out just in front of his ear. It's too late anyway. Oh, I mean, Lord. you know, it, it, I mean, and, you know, that's what, that's easy, kind of easy talk. And, you know, see, that's what, what news people do. They, they look at that kind of, but, but don't take your eye off the ball. It's what he was saying and what happened in court. Mm. He actually said, because that's the real story. There's no fraud. That's what he said. There's no fraud. Then the judge is going, then why are you in court? one 801 Just a side note on Rudy, and I tell you what I thought when I saw Rudy doing all of that profusely perspiration. Does he have COVID? That profuse sweating? Well, if he, if he, 
I hope he's been tested. Well, you know, I, I didn't I think, I, yeah, who knows? At this point in time, who knows? Oh, and by the way, uh, these are some dumb people. You see where they're going to have uh, some Thanksgiving parties at the White House? But, but you, but, and it goes against his COVID-19 task force yesterday gave a report and said, do not travel. Please do not travel. This is going to be one of those Thanksgivings that hopefully this time next year we won't have to worry about. But in less than a, a week, I know the Madison household, our son Jason, he's in St. Louis. He made the decision independent of us. He's, I'm sorry, we're not. As much as we, because we all get together, usually here in Washington, but not this year. Do not travel. This is where you're going to have to use FaceTime and Zoom. And what can I say? All right. I would not hesitate if you're from Michigan or, and you don't have to just be from Michigan, but I'll give the Michigan ganders. Is that how it's, I'll give you all the, uh, I'll give you all priority. And what do you, boy, I, I, the, I hope, the Republican legislative leadership of Michigan, I hope they have the courage to say to President Trump, sorry, sir, but we're not going to do this. We just aren't going to do this. Georgia turned blue. Now there's going to be another recount. This, this, this first recount was by hand. Trump got a few votes, but not enough to overturn the uh, results. So now what they're going to do, because he'll, and I, I think the Trump folks will have to pay for this. I'm not certain who will pay for it. But they'll do the, this next recount. Won't take as long. They, it'll be by, you know, by machine. They'll run them through the uh, machine. But it's not going to overturn anything. So let's start there, if you don't mind. Phone number 1-866-801-8255, 1-866-801-TALK. This black fact, this black history fact is brought to you by One United. Celebrate black history every day by joining the Bank Black movement. Get the card at oneunited.com. Repeat, that's oneunited.com. Do it today. They are a member of FDIC. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. The theater of the mind. Flying a mile high, it's Joe Madison, the Black Eagle. No 
November 20th, let's go back, 1910, the lawyer, the writer, the activist, Anna Pauline Murray was born on this date, November 20th, 1910, in Baltimore, Maryland. Now, 1977, she became the first African-American woman to be ordained a priest in the Episcopal Church. And before that, Anna Murray was a civil rights lawyer with an impressive resume. She was a valedictorian of her class at Howard Law School. And the first African American and the first African American woman to earn a doctorate of law from uh, Yale University. Anna Pauline Murray. Hey, let me, folks are calling in, and so I'm going to go right to the phones. I think I've explained what is uh, going to transpire probably today. But what is going on? Very simple. I'm going to put it where the goats can get it. Trump is trying to subvert the election. Biden yesterday just came out. He just told, he just said, look, this is just totally irresponsible. Hey, Kevin from Detroit, my adopted city. Thank you so much. And go ahead, Kevin. You're on with Madison. Hey, good morning, Joe. Long time listener, man. And, thank, uh, thank you. Uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy what you're doing. Hey, um, I'm, I'm really concerned um, about this, okay. just simply for the fact of how these Republicans here in the state here have been going against everything that uh, Governor uh, Whitmer has been doing. Everything they've been opposed to everything, and they've and a lot of them are 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 Trump supporters, and they they basically have said here, you know, locally they they really don't see anything that he's doing wrong, you know, so. <laughs> By him gathering them up and sending them up to Washington, it, it concerns me because they may go along with what he's trying to do. You know, I don't know what the, the repercussions would be or, or what authority he would have in, in getting them to do it, but it raises uh, some concern, you know, because, like you said, he, he, he's basically trying to subvert the actual vote of the people, you know, and it just concerns me because if you were not interested in it, even though the president called, but still, under these circumstances, why would you want to go? Why would you want to even entertain that, the opportunity? And, and again, this is a civic lesson 101. Um, and I know there's a lot of discussion about how the Electoral College works. But until it's changed, and it has to be changed via constitutional amendment. So we have to put that aside. That's not going to happen We've got, what, less than 60 days now before, you know, the, the 20th of January. Can I ask another question? Can I ask you a question, Joe? Let, let me see. Yeah, about, about what? Well, about the electoral college. That's, look, yeah, that's where I was. Well, well, hold on, Kevin. That's where I was going. And, and thanks okay. for asking that question. I, this, we have to have a debate about it. There's no ifs, ands, buts about, about it. We must debate it. But K 
keep there's nothing we can do between now and January 20th when the president is sworn in. There's nothing we can do about that. We can discuss it, but there's nothing that it's not going to change because it would probably require, as I said, a constitutional amendment, which means you're going to have to have what the majority of the states to agree to it. Yeah. That something yeah. like that it would take years. So yeah. let's put let's put that aside. Um, I, I think personally. I think it's an outmoded approach to electing a president. And, and, and again, you ask me my opinion. One of the reasons it was established in the first place was because candidates running for the presidency, all they would have to do is go to pop, heavily populated states. That's, that's all they would have to do. And now we know what those states are. So they would campaign in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, New York, California, Texas. And they would not they wouldn't go to Wyoming, Colorado, Mississippi, smaller populated or least populated states. So the purpose of it was to make sure that these candidates for president, whoever it is, and this goes back decades, I mean, it, it goes back to the, the founding of the country. Everybody would have to count. So you, so you follow where I'm going with this. Well, we live in a different time now because of the media. Because of media. Now, you see, in the days of Washington and Jefferson and the founders, uh, you know, they, they didn't have the kind of media we had. So they would they would only campaign in states where they could get the popular the, the popular vote would be heavy. All right. So that's so I think it's quite honestly outdated. That would be my argument. Some people would argue against it, but that would be my argument. There's nothing we can do right now about that. Wow. See, wow. so let, uh, let's understand. So the law right now, the rules are very simple. The rules are simple. If a candidate wins Michigan or any of these states, they gather a group of these folk together. They're, they're all, they, they, they know who they are. They're already selected. They're selected. They go to the Capitol. It, and by the way, it takes no more than 15 minutes. Most people don't realize this, but it takes no more than 15 minutes. The Secretary of State says, here's the, the vote. We have certified it. How do you, and, and, and then they hold up their hands and say, I. And it's over. Now that's it. And then the, 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 the college votes, the electoral college, the EC votes, they go to that. It's, it's done. They go to that candidate who won the popular vote. So what Donald Trump is attempting to do is he's bringing your legislative leaders in to say, no, we're not going to turn over these votes. We're going to give them to Donald Trump. Now, legally, can they do that? I, they, they, maybe, maybe they can. Maybe they can. 
but it would cause, I mean, all hell would break loose. All hell. But that's, I think that's what he's, 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 he's trying. That's what he wants to do. So let right. me tell you, it, it can be, in, let me, and I don't want to say, use the word intimidating. It can be, in, but I will use it, intimidating. When the president of the United States says, okay, I want y'all to come, to, I'm going to bring y'all into the White House. So they're going to get on a plane, I think today, I, I may be wrong, but they're going to get on a plane. It is today, okay? So they're coming. They're, they're going to meet today. The bottom line is, we don't know what he's going to offer them. Wow. We don't know, but but you can. That's but that's what he's going to attempt to do. And then that would take the some of the two hundred and seventy or three hundred now away from him, and it could go over to him. That's what he's attempting to do, Kevin. Wow, wow. and that's what has people worried. Can will they stand up to Trump? Will the leadership and and your and your Senate leader there? I think the person who is leading this camp, this group of people coming to Washington, he's already on record saying we're not going to do it. He's on record already saying we're not going to do it. Now he could change his mind. We'll see. Yeah, uh, it's 24 after so, Kevin thanks for being the first to, but th- does that explain everything to you yeah that, that explains everything to me and, and, and you know at the same time you, it's just the, the, the uncertainty of what could happen yeah, it is, that, that's, the, that's a good way of putting we really it's the uncertainty we really don't know oh. but I bet man I tell you Hell, I'd move back to Michigan. <laughs> I mean, all hell would break loose. Yeah, I'm uh, quite sure it would be. I'm, I'm thanks, hard. Kevin. Thanks. I'm quite I appreciate sure. Thank it. you. All right. All right. Hey, hey, let me take a break. Ivory from Michigan and then Sue from Michigan. You'll be after Ivory, but I'm going to take a break. 25 after 1 801 8255. This really has a lot of people worried. And Kevin said it. We don't know. It's the uncertainty. And, and hold on a second, Sherry. The, the headline. So can the Electoral College, can the, ele- I'm trying to read that headline. Okay, she's trying to bring it over. Can the Electoral College change the 2020 election results? The answer is yes. Be unprecedented, but it could, yes. And all you have to do is swing Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, I, uh, 30, what is it, 33 states and the District of Columbia have laws upheld by the Supreme Court that prohibits prohibits what they call faithless electors. I think those are ones that go against the uh, the vote. 
I think they are called the faithless. I'm researching. Yeah, that's right. They're called the, in other words, they just simply would not do what the people of their state voted for. Just, I'm just putting it where the goats can get it. <laughs> but there's a Supreme Court ruling. I'm Madison here on Sirius XM Urban View. A policy genius, and let me help you guys understand why it's so important to have life insurance, and especially in this day and age. And I know that shopping for life insurance.